0: Are locked on NFL your daily NFL podcast? Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And welcome back to the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, he's your boy Q from Locked On Raiders, and it's another edition of the Friday episode here. Q how you been, dude, man? It's it's always good to end end the week with you on these fun episodes.
2: Yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun and uh every week is is a lot of fun kind of getting through that week knowing that we're that much closer to training camp and and really be able to see, you know, these guys get out there put some work in and uh start to put together this team for uh <clears throat> excuse me, for the 2021 season, 2022 season. I'm excited about uh, you know, the direction that all these teams across the NFL are going because we all know NFL's king so yeah man happy to be back here with you closing out the week strong like we always do
1: we certainly do know the NFL is king now Q we're going to bring on a guy that you talk to a lot over there in the AFC West this man if you know the Locked On Podcast Network you know and love his work his name is Cody Vork of the Locked On Broncos Cody we got to talk to you about these Denver Broncos man first of all though how have you been it's been a while it's man, I haven't <laughs> talked to you on a show probably since draft season when we was doing some prep for that
0: yeah, it was uh, the Locked On NFL Sunday. We had the draft special. We had everybody coming in and giving their thoughts, their reaction as to things that were going on, man. The schedule reveal. Uh, man, always a great to jump on with you too. Obviously, I get to jump on with Q two times per year. We actually just uh, had an off-season crossover, so Broncos fans get to hear Q three times here in 2021, man. But outside of that, I have no complaints, my man.
1: Well, it's great to have you on the show here. All right, we're going to talk about the offense, to start things off here.
0: Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on,
1: oh, Chris. Oh, my back, you my bad.
2: Uh, one question for Cody before we get started. In the NFL, Cody, how many nations exist? Oh, they okay,
1: get the heck out of here with this. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go with this nonsense. well
0: You know what? There, I feel like I feel like the Steelers could have something like the Steelers Legion, Raiders could have Raider Nation. Broncos have Broncos country. Exactly. Uh, Cowboys. I, I don't even know. I'm not even gonna give them any recognition, man. I totally. I think that those are the the premier ones.
1: Oh, f- <laughs> f- first of all, first of all, people got to understand the Cowboys got their name uh, America's team. From NFL Films after they lost to the Steelers in Super Bowl 13. So that's mm. always like whenever they whenever they say America's team, it's like, hey, that's an acknowledgement that the Steelers' own job. But the but the bottom line is here, Cody, I want you to do me a favor. When you go on Twitter, I want you to search Steeler Nation and see if there's no any thing. verified Doesn't accounts sense. with such name on it, because that's an actual thing. Then <laughs> I want you to search that. That Raider Nation and see if any such account, account that's verified comes up. You'll see that one team has verified account that they're internationally Cody's recognized. not even verified. That's crazy. <laughs> Dang, why, why did you have to pull my man's card? Like <laughs> no, because he knows that it doesn't matter. Verification why, doesn't why are matter. Why you going to pull his card? You know, I wasn't going to say that. I no, he, gonna, doesn't, <laughs> he knows verification don't matter. Because if it did, he'd have been verified before me. But and you. That's crazy, is there even man. like a real Raider Nation account? <laughs> There's not even a real, it's all fans. There's an actor's actual organizations behind the Steelers. Hey, Nation. dude. What? That <laughs> exists, bro.
0: What? That <laughs> exists. All this right. is literally my favorite. I mean, between, <laughs> uh, between Tony Wiggins and Cody Davis talking about which team's going to be the worst inside that uh, AFC South division, I love this debate, too. That's one of my favorites, man.
1: Oh, look, look, look. this has been going on for months.
0: <laughs> months <laughs> it will never
1: stop it will never stop it's anyway just because of you it's not it's not my fault it's just because you're you ignorant. brought it up i wasn't gonna say anything i won the argument i've proven my case the, the, the judge said summary judgment bang carter Jeez. you won the argument because you only was arguing with yourself <laughs> you know, if i'm arguing myself why did you bring it up first you know what we're done with this. We're moving on. We, right. have, we have jobs here. We have topics all to right. discuss. Let's get not involving. This isn't about you, let's, Q. Let's talk to Cody, man. Cody's my guy. Cody is, is all I got. Cody.
0: Oh, you're my boy, Q. See?
1: <laughs> Cody, we, we got to talk about the offense, though, because everybody's looking at Drew Locke. I want to get a sense from you. The big question that everyone's been talking about with the Denver Broncos quarterback situation, the rumors about Aaron Rodgers that he was coming to Denver, it didn't happen, it maybe still happened. Give us a breakdown here in the Locked On NFL podcast. What's the expectation for Drew Locke? Is the Aaron Rodgers thing for real? What could Denver Broncos? What could, what could people expect of this Broncos quarterback room?
0: Well, I think that the first expectation is going to be on the two guys that are on the roster. That's going to be Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Lock. Obviously, the Drew is the incumbent starter from last season. However, uh, you know it's not going to be an easy road for him to re, you know step back into the shoes of being a starter because. Competition is important, and that's exactly what general manager George Payton wanted to do. He likes some things that Drew Locke does really well, but the sample size, there's far too many inconsistencies, and that's something that Drew absolutely has to fix, and some of those come from processing, decision-making, sometimes forcing a ball into tight windows that aren't there, relying too much on his arm strength, you know, manipulating his footwork. He's been working on these things this offseason, so it's really up to him in training camp and preseason to come out and show that he's done that to earn the starting job against the New York Giants week one. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be that veteran guy that's going to come in. He's not really a guy that takes too many shots downfield, which is the advantage that Drew Locke has. Teddy's more of the, you know, the guy that's going to take what the defense gives him. That's what he told us in a media session during mandatory mini-camp. And so for that situation, I, I'm really focused on those two quarterbacks. However, I will touch on the Aaron Rodgers bit a little bit. I think that a lot of Broncos fans are so caught up on this pipe dream of getting Aaron Rodgers, despite the you know the draft day speculation that he was interested in in leaving it. Denver would be one of those destinations alongside Las Vegas and San Francisco. Obviously, San Francisco is out of the equation. Not sure if Vegas would be too appealing for Rodgers at this point, considering the changes of the offensive line. Then again, that could change. But here's my estimation when it comes to the Rodgers situation with Green Bay. I and mean, obviously, we had the match this past week, and he didn't talk about it too much. He just said, "We'll see." I think he's going to play in 2021 for the Packers. I think if Rodgers is going to depart from green Bay, it's not going to be this year. It's going to be in the offseason season. Or it's going to be in 2022. That's when green Bay more than likely will trade him because they were not expecting this to happen. And if it were to happen, that would accelerate them having to get Jordan love ready even sooner. I don't think that's going to be the case. The Packers, they hold all the leverage here at this point. He obviously didn't opt out of the season, uh, which there was an opportunity for him to do so. He did not take that. So it tells us that he's either going to you know, hold tight to his uh, his reins here and he's going to play in Green Bay and then maybe leave after 2021. I, I just would be very shocked if he's traded at this point because, look, it's July 9th at this point of the uh, the right. offseason. Training camp is literally in a couple of weeks. If you were to get traded anywhere, you have to learn a new playbook. I, I don't think that's going to be the feasible thing for the Broncos at this point in time. I don't think that the Packers are going to budge, and so far reports have suggested they're not budging. <laughs>
2: No, no, they're not. He'll be playing with Green Bay in 2021, like you mentioned. Uh, Co- Cody, sticking with the, the offense, man, Noah Fant's a guy that got a lot of accolades coming out of uh, college, uh, in, a very high draft pick. How does Noah take his game to the next level? Tight end is not an easy position in the league to learn, you know, but but he's he's a solid player, really good athlete. He's got a lot of uh, expectations. What does he have to do to to even take that a little bit further in twenty twenty one?
0: You know, I think he just has to stay healthy. Now, last year was really the first year of his career he dealt with injuries. He had an ankle injury that kind of lingered. He played through it all throughout the season. He did miss, I believe, one or two games of the early part of the season there. Uh, But he played through it for the rest of the way. And, you know, he really toughed it out. But the thing I think will benefit Noah this year. I think the Broncos have to utilize him more on the outside. I mean, Q, you know this watching Darren Waller. They could play him in line as a tight end, but you know what they do? They isolate him on the outside with smaller cornerbacks. That's a sizable matchup advantage. Noah Fant, he's very big. He's a physical guy, but he's also very fast for his size. And so if you can get him yards after the catch, he can be you know, one of those players that really exceeds. Now, if you utilize him just in line, you're really limited. You can go vertical up the seams. You can go deep crossing patterns. You can go out routes. But you need to find a way to isolate some one-on-one matchups with his size. Run a couple of curl or hitch routes. Use your size to box out a smaller defender and just move the chains. I think that the Broncos, Pat Shermer, last year the issue was at the beginning part of the season, They Tennessee Titans week one, they go to him early and often in the first half. He has a tremendous first half. They don't even look his way in the second half. They lose the game. Same thing against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in week two. They didn't go to him in the first half. They go to him in the second half and they almost win the game. I mean, it's just they have to find a way to utilize one of their best playmakers. Now, here's the deal. Cortland Sutton did not play in that first game against Tennessee and Cortland Sutton didn't play. Obviously, he got injured in the Steelers game in week two. He's back. Jerry Judy is more comfortable coming back into year number two. It's going to open up more opportunities for him. However, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos utilize a three tight end set at times with a combination of Alvaro Bunam, And not to mention, too, there really is going to be a training camp competition for who that third tight end is going to be. Austin Ford is my favorite so far this offseason on paper to be able to do that. But for Noah Fant, in my opinion, if the Broncos want to have more success, you have to target him downfield more vertically. They did a little bit towards the end of the season. And it worked wonders for them. And they shied away from it, it consistently enough. And that was an issue. They got to do it more. I think he's, a, he's one of your best playmakers. You have to find a way to give him the ball. That's what they do with Darren Waller in Las Vegas. There's no excuses as to why Noah Fant shouldn't be more involved in the offense this year.
1: Well, that was the next question I had was, how does the balance of power, balance of usage work for the Broncos this this year, Cody? Because especially when throwing the ball, you're going to have Courtland Sutton. You obviously got Jerry Judy. You got KJ Hamler. Those are all... Top two round picks in the <laughs> last, you know, few drafts here. And then you got Noah Fant. And you know, I, I know Drew Locke's a young quarterback. And like you said, Teddy Bridgewater's back there, but where's the focus gonna be for this? Is this can this be an evenly spread out passing game? Or are there gonna be guys who just take take the take the receiving yards and they're gonna be the guys that make the offense go?
0: Well, I think there should be balance. I mean, not to mention an underrated player that nobody in the national media has talked about is returning this year. And he was he was the Broncos top receiver last year. That's Tim Patrick, Timmy P. Uh, and he's a six foot five wide receiver. I mean, you got him and Cortland Sutton with their size at six four, six five on the outside. Jerry Judy with his route running ability inside the slot, even on the outside at times, you could do different things. You mentioned KJ Hamler, his speed and versatility. We all saw that clip of him blocking Joe Hady. He goes, damn. <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, you have pick your poison and not to mention, I don't even think people are talking about this enough. Tyree Cleveland was a seventh round pick for the Broncos last year who played a massive role in the rotation towards the end of the season. He's expected to be involved in the rotation heavily this year. And all the reports are very surprising so far coming out of mini camp. So he, we're going to keep our eye on him and training camp and preseason, but Deborah is really deep at wide receiver right now, which is great. And I, I think if we go back to the 2013 Broncos offense, I mean, they had, four or five different total targets They had five total players that had over a thousand yards total in terms of productivity at record breaking offense with Peyton Manning. Now a lot of it's going to be contingent upon quarterback play, but I think that the Broncos have enough If a defense is going to focus so much on putting a corner on inside leverage or outside leverage with the safety over the top of Cortland Sutton. And if they try to cover Jerry Judy in the slot, well, that's where guys like Tim Patrick, Noel Fant, and even running backs out of the backfield, Melvin Gordon, Pookie Williams, Javante Williams out of North Carolina, get those guys involved. I mean, it's all about balance, right? You don't necessarily have to go to one guy so much. I think if you could spread out the offense and be productive, Denver's going to be in a good position. However, I think that if Dever focuses on one or two guys and just getting these guys the ball consistently enough without spreading it out, I think that's where we'll see the Broncos offense struggle.
2: You know, uh, Cody, that's, that's my final question is, is about the running game. You know, and Melvin Gordon, I know, uh, he was battling it out with uh, Philip Lindsay for carries in, in 2020. Uh, Philip Lindsay's now in Houston, Melvin Gordon, and then you mentioned the the rest of the running backs that are in the stable there. Uh, how does Melvin Gordon fit into the equation? Like, do you see him taking that next step for Denver and how effective do you think he could be?
0: Well, he's on the final year of his contract here in Denver one year, I believe is $8 million. He's going to get this season for the Broncos in terms of the signing bonus and everything along those lines. Uh, but outside of that, I think that he's going to start week one as the guy who gets the first carry But I think that overall throughout the season, there's a really strong feeling amongst all of us in in the Broncos media that feel like Javante Williams, the Broncos' second-round pick in the 2021 NFL draft, will have more carries and more overall yards here this upcoming season. And this is really a a move that the Broncos made that I feel like if Melvin Gordon doesn't pan out or if they don't want to pay Melvin Gordon after this year, Javante Williams is running back one, in my opinion. I think that with his talent and his ability to catch balls out of the backfield, and also he's just a hard-nosed runner Denver could really benefit with that. He's also, he protects the football, which is great. Melvin Gordon had some issues last year with fumbling. Uh, So the pressure's on Melvin Gordon. I mean, there's there's going to be competition at that position. I mean, you mentioned uh, Javante Williams. Well, they brought in Mike Boone from the, Minnesota Vikings, who really just didn't get as much time on the field because guess what? You have Dalvin Cook and, and Madison down there in Minnesota. George Payton, though, however, saw a lot out of, uh, you know, Mike Boone and said, hey, this is a guy that could come in and contribute. Then you have Royce Freeman still on the roster. So right. uh, the Broncos have options there. I think that the writing's kind of on the wall. This is a make or break year for a player like Melvin Gordon. And it, the opportunity is there for Javante Williams to come in and get, the you know, the immediate run as the Broncos starter at some point this season.
1: Absolutely. Hey, listen. I was being hyped up on Javante Williams by Candace Cooper, host of the yep. Locked On Tar Heel podcast. So <laughs> listen, like I, 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 even before the draft, the Steelers got Najee Harris, the Javante Williams. That he was another guy who everyone was pointing at and saying, "You got to go get that man." So I, I could definitely see the, the excitement there. Also, that Joe Hayden clip it was one of the funniest things from last season <laughs> because yeah. if you were watching the the show that that was featured on, he was like screaming all game, "I lift weights." ah this way he was yelling at all his teammates and then AJ Hamler just sat that man down so fast and hey I'm a locked on Steelers guy but that was hilarious
0: oh it was one of the best clips on inside the NFL this year but uh you know I I love that kind of fun banter I mean that was I going back to that week two game Chris that was a brutal start I mean Denver was down yeah. 17 to three going into halftime but Jeff Driscoll of all people somehow made it interesting in that second mm-hmm. half and Man, if he just recognizes where the blitzing linebacker comes from, Denver might have a chance to come back in that game. But I agree. Uh, it, w- it was fun, man.
1: It's, it certainly was a fun game. We got a lot more fun conversations to hear with Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos right here on the Locked On NFL podcast, the Friday edition with Chris Carter and your boy Q. All right, guys, we got to cut it to a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about the defense. But first, we got to talk to you about our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. The only place that we trust here in the Locked On Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, On, All capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL is done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with your boy Q on the Friday edition with Cody Work of Locked On Broncos. Now, Cody, we got to get to this defense, man, because one of the biggest questions I have for the AFC West in general is whether Von Miller is going to come back healthy. But it's not just Von Miller. I want to see him and Bradley Chubb being healthy together, bringing pressure, because Von Miller's been one of the guys over the last decade who's just been a dominant, consistent presence off the edge. He set the tone. He had an injury. He got COVID. It just he just continued to have just horrible luck last year. What is the sense after OTAs and mini camps about this team's pass rush being be, maybe being back this year?
0: Well, you know, Bradley Chubb, he had an ankle injury towards the end of last season, and it created a little bit of a bone spur. So, during, uh, you know, voluntary OTAs, he actually had that removed. So, he's expected to be fully ready to go for training camp, fully healthy. Uh, Von Miller, obviously, he's looked great. He's been at the team facility uh, he's very excited. He's got entering the final year of his deal with Denver. He wants to stay in Denver, and he wants to retire as a Bronco. I don't think he's set to retire anytime soon. It's, I still think he has three to four years, potentially five years, still left to play. Coming off of, a, of an ankle injury, just a freak ankle injury that happened, literally the, one of the final practices before the Tennessee Titans game. It was one of the worst news ever. I remember I was doing an interview. And all of a sudden that news popped up and I was like, "Ah, I got to go take care of this. And so for Von Miller, he's very motivated this season. And I I would say that the reason for that, he's becoming a father and and this is going to be his first child. He said this has completely changed his perspective on how he wants to go about his life on the day to day. Not to mention he has put in work this offseason. Even last year, he had one of the best offseason training regimens he's ever had in his career. And in training camp last year, he was virtually unblockable. He was dominating every rep, every single person. And there's a vibe that that's going to be the case this year. And Vic Fangio is really optimistic about where he could be. George Payton's very optimistic. And the last time that Bradley Chubb and Von Miller were both fully healthy for a full season together, they combined for 26 and a half sacks back in 2018. It was a dominant pass rushing duo there. And I can't help but think with the Broncos additions in the secondary this year, Mike Purcell coming back on the interior, healthy, the inside linebacker play, adding a couple of guys that are versatile in terms of coverage elements. I would be very, very shocked if the Broncos pass for isn't one of the tops in the leagues um, this year. And, and that's going to be, you know, kind of my projection so far. Von Miller is going to be a big part of that.
2: Cody, as far as the secondary goes, uh, Patrick Sertain was picked up in the draft. That was a guy that a lot of uh, Cowboy fans thought that they were going to get in the draft, there's no doubt about it. He was going to fall to them. Well, uh, the the Broncos got him. How big of a deal was that and how much is that going to not only help the secondary, but also help that pass rush you were
0: just talking about? Oh, it is insane. And, and I can tell you this. I've talked to several Broncos players, and we've also met with several players, too, in the media sessions uh, via Zoom. And they just say that Patrick Sertan, he is the real deal. I mean, he is His size, sometimes Von Miller even said like, hey, he's tall. Like, I I felt like he was supposed to play edge rusher opposite of me. He's like, that's how his size is. But he's got the size, I think, of a physical safety, but he's got the athleticism of a versatile cornerback. And he's going to be the Broncos' primary option to maybe even cover guys in the division like Darren Wilder or even Travis Kelsey, which, look, for a rookie, that's going to be a very tough task. But Vic Fangio believes that he can do it. And with the other pieces behind him, they're very confident they can be a little bit more aggressive and take some chances, but he looks the par. I mean, he, he moves so quick. His footwork is impeccable. He's got great hip movement, the ability to break quickly on passes. He is the real deal so far, according to Broncos players. They're blown away by his athleticism and his ability as a rookie, not to mention he's very cerebral. He came into OTAs in mini minicamp. He learned every position of the Broncos defense, just so he knows on this play, these guys are doing this. So this is how I have to adjust based on where the ball is placed on the hash down and distance. I mean, he goes back to that. And obviously having that in his blood with his father playing in the NFL he is as good as they come. And Nick Saban had just absolutely raving reviews about him in terms of the type of player he was obviously playing as a true freshman at Alabama. So uh, I just can only imagine With on paper, just looking at where this Broncos defense is, I would be super shocked if they struggle this year. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine that right now, but then again, games have to be played.
1: But that's the thing, man. This secondary is loaded, at least at least name-wise. I mean, everyone's excited about Sertan. Justin Simmons was a bad man. He, he, he was making all sorts of plays. But now you get Kyle Fuller. You got Kareem Jackson. And you got Ronald Darby as, as, as like your extra option out there. And I, I, watch out for Kerry Vincent too. I like this college tape. One of those oh, slot yes. corner guys that just fall to the bottom of the draft every year. But th- there's a lot of talent in this secondary for guys who can fly around, change directions, and challenge passes in different ways. This to me, this looks like one of the one of the groups that could be an unsung unit that all of a sudden we're talking about come week eight and everyone's like, where did these guys come from?
0: Yeah, no, well, here's the crazy thing too, right? We, we forgot to mention Bryce Callahan. Bryce uh. Callahan is entering his final year of his deal, and he played really well for the Broncos last season. one of the NFL's top cornerbacks in some of the metrics that, you know, uh, next-gen stats had put out and also pro football focus and, and some of those other natures there. But he's going to play primarily in the nickel this year. The Broncos have depth behind him. You mentioned Kerry Vincent Jr. I think he's going to play a prominent role on special teams. Could be a return option, but I think he's going to be a gunner and going to be one of those guys that contributes there and maybe a rotational guy, is Sang Bassey coming off of an ACL injury. Duke Dawson coming off of an ACL injury. So that's a loaded room right now, but not to mention Michael O'Jamudia. He started last year, and he, he's one of those impressive rookies. Now, obviously, for him, he's learning a little bit the inside. He's learning the nickel and the dime, and he's also playing the outside as well. So he's playing a few roles there. Denver is really loaded on the defensive side of the ball. You mentioned Darby. You mentioned Fuller and then Sertan. And then on the back end, you have guys like Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. I mean, what more could you ask for for a On paper right and i want to put in air quotes on paper one of the best looking secondaries in the national football league it's gonna be very hard to rival but it you know goes back to them executing and obviously staying healthy i think that's gonna be the biggest key but man if they can stay healthy i'm I'm super optimistic about their production and what they could do
2: cody with that being said and i've been talking about this all uh basically all offseason, is right now we're talking about 90 men it's gonna get cut down to 53 at some point so as as deep as the, the Broncos are on, on defense, uh, you know, just with, with talent, who are some guys that may be on the kind of on the bubble, you know, that, that, that could be, Hey, you got to put in a really, really good training camp, or you might, might be on the outside looking in.
0: Ooh, That's super tough. Are you talking defense here?
2: I'm talking defense. Oh you
0: man. You know I mean, what? I, you got to
2: cut it down.
0: I, I I have a hard time really seeing who they cut down um i think that with the nfl expanding the practice squad roster from 11 to 16 again i think that's a phenomenal move they need to implement that as a permanent rule um i think that would benefit so many teams and also give you know teams and players more of a chance to stay on and develop and and maybe even find their ground somewhere if it doesn't work out with the team that they're on but you know for denver you know maybe keep an eye on josie jewel which i I think is super unexpected at this point but it would be the most shocking move i think of the offseason if that were to happen but the reason I say Josie Jewell, out of every player that you mentioned or that we have project on the Broncos' defense, I just have a hard time seeing anybody – a you know, surprise cut that we've talked about. Denver's going to be probably more loaded on the defensive side of the ball than offense, you know, rightfully so. Uh, but if I had to give anybody, maybe Josie Jewell, because he's, you know, a veteran player, and they went and they got uh, Justin Sterned last year out of Wake Forest. He's a very phenomenal, athletic, young inside linebacker. They also drafted Baron Browning out of Ohio State, and yep. they have Alexander Johnson. And so for me, they have Josh Watson on the roster as well, another young linebacker that they really, really like. I, that might be the one surprise move that does happen. I think said it saves Denver, some cap space, but also gives them a chance to go a little bit younger, more athletic at the inside back position. But Josie Jewell is one of the most improved players in 2020. So really right now it's super hard to see with the 90 man roster. I would just hate to be in that room as a coach and, and as somebody on the personnel side saying, Hey, we don't have enough room for this guy. Yeah. You know, if anything, I imagine that the Broncos really have to get rid of a guy. They may look to trade a guy that has some value, but man, I I just don't see it, and especially with the rookies that they have on the the defensive side on the back end behind Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, I just don't see them cutting anybody significant to my knowledge. But then again, like I said, we're going to be surprised in training camp and preseason. Thank God we have preseason. Gentlemen, we're literally a month away from actually having football on the field. Yes, people are going to talk about, oh, I don't like preseason. I love it. It's my favorite time of the NFL season because you get to see some of these young guys and maybe the potential that they have. But not to mention, you just get to see everybody back on the field a little bit, getting in rhythm for the regular season.
1: Certainly, it's going to be exciting to to see. Uh, also, yeah, Baron Browning, that dude, that he 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 looks like a freakish athlete, man. When I watched, I was watching his tape. I was I was another guy. Steelers Steelers fans kept asking me, "What do you think about him?" So he's. He certainly, I mean, Josie Jewell, he's going to have his work cut out for him, though he, he did play much better. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up with Cody and talk about some expectations for these Denver Broncos and where they could be going. Um, so stay right here on the Locked On NFL podcast. But first, we got to talk to our friends at rockauto.com chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login best of all Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do it yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L O C K E D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy. And also... Back here on the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with your boy Q. Wrapping up the week here on the Friday edition, we've got Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos here to talk about the about Denver and their expectations for this year. Now, Cody, Denver ended up with a top 10 pick last year. Um, they still got a young quarterback that people are excited to see what some people are down on. Uh, but I, I want to get a sense from you. In the AFC West, where the, the Chiefs are the kings of the, of the division right now, and until someone proves otherwise, they're going to be do that. You got Justin Herbert on the rise with the Chargers. are excited about them. You got Q's Raiders. Um, you know, you know, and they're a team that has a lot of talent, and they're, built, they're putting things together. A lot of people are going to be projecting the Broncos to finish last in this division. Do you think that's kind of a, a reality that's going to play out, or do you see them really being a serious challenger in this division?
0: Well, you know, Q and I were just talking about this on our crossover. I mean, we we tend to have this conversation every offseason based on the moves that each team in the division makes, and we always feel like the AFC West could be one of the best divisions of football. It really could. And even though the record may not always indicate it, it, the games are always tough between each team that plays each other in the AFC West. I mean, you go back to the Chargers game last year, the Broncos come back from 21 down in the fourth, walk-off fashion, game winner, and then they lose week 16 against the Chargers. And then they play the Raiders week 17. They have a chance, they go up in that game, and then they lose late, kind of very reminiscent of the year before, where Shelby Harris batted a two-point conversion down. Uh, and then, you know, that first matchup, the Broncos competed in the first half. I mean, it was close in the first half. Second half just gets away from them. They lose 37-12. And then they compete with the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football in the second matchup. They lose at home really based on the offense. Denver was competitive in the ASUS. But, you know, when you look at sometimes the score, you see where, you know, maybe things got out of hand a little bit. It doesn't always paint the picture. And that's why I always encourage fans like really invest in watching film where you see, okay, what happened on this play? Why did things go wrong? Denver has the talent, in my opinion. I think they have the defense to compete and make things difficult for Kansas City, for the Chargers, for the Raiders. Those teams are still going to pose very tough challenges in those facets. And the Broncos' offense has to perform well against those defenses. The Chiefs' defense is kind of underrated. They have these spurts where they, you know, bend but don't break. The Raiders have these moments bend but don't break. And then they have moments where they look really good. And then they have moments where they fall off. They're a very young unit. And obviously they've had some changes there. And then the chargers, I mean, they're getting everybody back outside of, uh, you know, Melvin Ingram at this point, and they add, you know, Derwin James coming back healthy. The Chris Harris Jr. Healthy. I mean, that is a tough looking defense on paper with Brandon Staley, who's copying Vic Fangio's defensive scheme. So I, it's really hard to project. I mean, I think that you can ob- obviously start off the season with the Broncos probably being favored to finish last in the division. I think that if the offense, and this is my projection, if the Broncos' offense can be more consistent, can reduce the amount of turnovers that they had in 2020, if they can carry that over and reduce that in 2021, I think Denver has a real legitimate chance to compete for second place in the AFC West this year. A lot of that is predicated off of the offense, whether or not they can put up points, whether they can protect the football. The defense hasn't really been the issue. In the last five years since Peyton Manning retired, the defense has actually been pretty good. Outside of that, it's been the offense. And I think that's going to be the key this year. The defense, with all the talent that we talked about on paper, they have all the potential to be successful. Really, it boils down to what is the offense going to do this year in 2021?
2: As far as the expectations for the quarterback position, I know we talked about this in segment number one, but I mean – Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't believe Aaron Rodgers is really a a realistic option for the Broncos this year. I just don't. Uh, What is going to have to happen in training camp to separate the two guys? I I feel like when you make a move and bring in Teddy Bridgewater, he's the leader in the clubhouse to be the starting quarterback. But what will you have to see and what will the Broncos have to see to know, hey, this is the guy that's going to lead us into battle in uh, 2021?
0: Well, you know, I think that each quarterback is going to get the same sample size overall as when training camp, when you compile all the reps together, they're going to get the same amount of reps with the first team, second team, so on and so forth. They're going to rotate between those two teams there. Um, and they're going to get a chance to go against first team D and obviously second team D. But for me, it goes down to the preseason. And, and it's really an interesting dilemma because there's only three preseason games. Are the Broncos really going to go three games into the preseason trying to figure out who's going to be the starter? Is it going to be two games? That, to me, is the biggest question here. Now, um, in, in terms of how it maybe goes down, how it boils out, which quarterback makes the most minimal mistakes, You know, doesn't have the the critical, as as Pat Shermer would say, the, cri- the crippling turnovers. That would be the big thing. Now, I also think that for an offensive coordinator, as a quarterback coach, and also for somebody you want to uh, quarterback your team, you want to look at it as who's going to take chances but not be super reckless with it. And we look at Teddy Bridgewater. Is he going to be the guy that just plays it safe the entire time? There's the, You know, it's not a bad Bad thing to do. It's not a bad habit to have, but in games, it becomes a little haphazard because if you're just playing it safe, defenses know that, hey, he's just going to throw it short. We're going to play back, rally up, and tackle. You have to have a quarterback that's kind of the blend of being able to be balanced that is going to take the check down when it's necessary, but also take shots downfield. I, I just have a really hard time believing that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy for the Broncos. I think that Drew Locke, if anything, in this competition, I think he's the favorite to win the job. And this is really his year to solidify to the Broncos, hey, uh, you know, give me another chance, and this is gonna be the year that I do it. If not, the Broncos are gonna be looking for a quarterback after the season.
1: So, one thing I look about you know with the quarterback situation, but again, we were talking about Javante Williams, you still have Melvin Gordon. That's a that's a one-two punch running combination, and you have this defense that you're confident on paper, they they look like they're gonna be bad. Now, one of the you know, one of the things that, that 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 the Steelers have in their favor, I think that they with Najee Harris, you have that strong defense, you have a new running back, and you have a quarterback that you you're confident in, but you don't want him to throw the ball too much. <laughs> this could this could be a situation for for Denver. It's like, hey, if if we can if we can just not turn the ball over, and if Javante Williams and this offensive line can get the ball rolling and and, and put Drew Lock in more situations, where it's hey, we're, hey, we're just asking you to you run play action, take the passes that are there. And when teams start to get over aggressive against this run this rushing offense, then you make the big throws, but otherwise let the defense win these games. Is that a formula that you can see? Is that the formula that's going to help them, you know, say, as, as you're saying that they have a chance to push for that second spot in the AFC West and maybe even push themselves into a play, playoff position this year. How realistic is that being the case that that's the build that this team falls into?
0: Well, I think that you want to have a strong defense. I just don't think you want to put the pressure to succeed and to win on the defense, which that's really been the case in the last couple of years. The pressure's really been on the defense that, you know, you need a a game-changing turnover for a score that's going to change the momentum of the game. Well, the Broncos last year, they didn't force too many turnovers. They got a lot of sacks, but they could, they only forced 16 turnovers. That's not enough. That's not going to get the job done, despite the fact that they played really well in various facets. They were the number one red zone defense in the NFL for the second consecutive year last year. So for me, I agree with you, Chris. I I think that the Broncos identity offensively needs to be a strong rushing attack and a defense that can control the game, get stops. Because I, I go back and I want to reference New Orleans Saints. That's exactly what the Saints were last year. They were a team that ran the ball well with Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. And then they also had a defense that was damn near good. They were really good, very dominant in those facets. And Drew Brees, when they needed him to make some plays, he did. But they didn't put all the pressure on Drew Brees last year, who obviously was on the decline in terms of his arm strength and being able to push the ball downfield. Devers got the guy that's got the arm strength. So if they can get defenses, as you mentioned, to cheat up and try to play the run, you get more one-on-one situations. I think Drew Locke can have some success with that. Um, I think that really has to be the offensive identity. You don't want to come out and just be this passing attack. You want to have that because you have the weapons to do it, but you want to be able to run the ball. Dever didn't do that enough last year, and that really came back to hurt them.
2: Cody, every time I talk to you, I always ask you about Vic Fangio. He's a guy that I've always <laughs> kind of respected from a distance, uh, you know, no matter where he was as a defensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach there in Denver. What does he need to do? What ha- needs to happen with the Broncos this season to assure that he stays on the uh, the sideline beyond this year?
0: Well, you know, I think that for him, it's just if you control the defense, I think for him to also manage the game a little bit more effectively, there were some concerns Obviously, in terms of time management, things like that. But, uh, you know, as a guy who calls the defense, there's a chance he hands those responsibilities to Ed Donatel, who's been his right-hand man for many, 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 many years, knows the defense in and out. He may do that. Um, but outside of that, I think for Vic, if the defense is playing really well, I think that Vic is safe. If You know, what Vic has done, he's really built a strong culture inside the Broncos locker room. Despite the losing seasons in his first two years as head coach, the Broncos locker room has been more united, more strong and more connected to one another than it has been in many, many years, Q. And I think that was something that even in the Vance Joseph years, that locker room was divided. It was divided in almost every asset between the offense and the defense everybody is close and they've implemented a lot of team bonding. And I think that's so important. You know, fans are going to say, you know, why did they cancel the last day of mandatory mini camp practice? They held a field day. That's important. Building team camaraderie. That is so important. And Vic Fangio understands the importance of that. I think for him, if the defense plays well, he will be safe. If the offense struggles, I think that if any change will happen, it's going to be Pat Shermer more than likely getting the boot and Vic staying because George Payton, he likes what Vic's been able to do. And that defense, like I said, that defense has been the strong point of Denver. So you you remove a guy like Vic Fangio away. Are you confident that the next guy coming in can do the same thing with the experience uh, that Vic has had defensively? Can he replicate that? I, I find it very hard.
1: I hear that entirely. Guys, this has been a great conversation, a great breakdown of the Broncos. This is always it is when we got Cody on, on the show, uh, always getting the in-depth insight, getting, getting to know more about the team, and just the, the takes that, you know, they're not hot taking, you know, I, I don't know about y'all, I, I get tired of people when they talk about the easy topics, the ESPN, the Fox Sports, one type of deal. <laughs> but when we hear on the Locked On NFL podcast, we dig into the nitty gritty, the hard questions, but also, the, you know, the things that are going to take, hey, this is, why, this is why you come to these podcasts to get the guys who dig deep on each roster. Cody, Thanks so much for joining us here on this Friday. We hope that you have a great weekend, but please let me know they can find you, follow you and get more of your work.
0: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Adam Schefter. I also follow the show at Lockdown Broncos. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, <laughs> that's can... great.
1: That's great. That's great.
0: <laughs> now, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody and Fail. Follow the show at Lockdown Broncos. We do a daily show five days a week on the YouTube channel. You get to see me talk. We do some breakdowns. We interact with the fans. But, uh, yeah, we mainly cover the Broncos. We get player interviews. Got a lot of great relationships with a lot of Broncos players. So, we've had some interviews up there that if you're a fan of football, you're a fan of the Broncos, you definitely you got to check out.
1: Cody, Cody. And he Cody. knows
2: that there is no such thing as a uh, here we by Nation. Okay, it's Broncos here country. Here we it's go. Steel
1: Curtain. It's Pittsburgh. Whatever you wait, want. Wait, to wait, call wait, it. wait, 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 wait. Q, Q, Q. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Cody, put this man to rest. I need you to say, "Be Adam <laughs> Schefter breaking the news that there is a Steelers Nation." I need, to, I need to hear this from you, Chris. There's huh. not. That's the uh, that's the worst argument you've ever had. Here we
0: go. I got something for you guys. Oh, 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 oh. There are speculative reports. There's a disagreement on two sides of two fan bases that the Raiders nation is actually not a nation. And there is a argument that Steelers nation is really a thing. However, sources cannot confirm whether or not this is true or not. We are doing some more digging and you can catch the latest on ESPN. There we That's go. Awesome.
2: That was awesome. That was absolutely That's all I awesome. Wanted. <laughs> Just don't ever speak again, Chris. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> no, it was, but, but see, Cody, here's my argument. It's a Raiders region. Cause some days they're in Las Vegas. Some days they're in Los Angeles. Some days they're in Oakland. They're they're a region. They're not a tri-state area. It's we the, do what we wanna do. We don't
2: care. Man. <laughs> We'll go we gotta, wherever we want to go. We'll slang how we want to slang. We'll
1: do what we want to do. And that's, that's who we are. You
0: guys should, uh, you guys should definitely send that clip to Nick. He'll put, he'll probably put something funny out there on the social.
1: Oh, we yeah. can, we, we can definitely do that. All right, uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> Q, let people know where they can find you, follow, and you, get your work.
2: Well, I'm at your boy Q two five four on Twitter. I put out everything. Uh, of course the host of the Locked On Raiders podcast, also Locked On bets, and uh, yeah, everything I do, I put out there. On Twitter at your boy Q254. And you could also find me on there ain't no other nation but RaiderNation.com in that
1: ass. <sighs> That's, i'm gonna i'm gonna look this up real quick how you do, what's that how you care spell it careful what you look up on your, <laughs> on, your on your personal computer you don't, i'm not responsible for what comes up on that website <laughs> I was like whoa 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 uh, anyways my name is chris carter i'm the host of the locked on Steelers podcast you can follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques you can also read my work at dkpittsburghsports.com, where i'm breaking down the Steelers and everything there thanks again for listening to this show if you want to get all of these shows you can download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey, A U D A C Y Odyssey. And remember, read all of our shows. Five stars with positive comments. It helps out all of us. Thanks so much, guys, for being on this show. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Locked on NFL. we be back Monday.